Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Hi, my name is Candice Maylard and I'm a guest here at Healing Journeys Today. So today marks about the 10 year anniversary of when I was in the hospital with double pneumonia and eight months pregnant with our third child. Um, God is good, God is good. And I wanna just share with you what I learned during that time, because um, it kind of came out of the blue. You know, I've, I've been a healthy person all of my life. And then um, right after Christmas time, 10 years ago, I got a little cough. Anyway, I don't want, anyone to go into fear that the same thing is going to happen to you because it will not um it turned into pneumonia and um going back to the hospital after two days of thinking that i'd put my back out because i anyway just that that's what i thought i had done um they said no it's not your back you actually have pneumonia you have double pneumonia so i was put in icu for i think four days and um eventually and they took had to take x-rays and all this stuff um and they also drained one of my lungs because there was so much fluid there needless to say i was in hospital for probably 14 days um because they had to give me two week round of antibiotics my baby was fine and um i just have to say i remember being in icu just very comfortable on morphine at the time and not really hearing or knowing everything that was going on. But my sister, Sharon Rhodes, who's also been a guest here, was praying over me and she was saying, you will overcome this, you're strong, remember we're Austrian. And I remember thinking, why is she pulling the Austrian card? I mean, things must be really bad <laughs> if she's pulling out the Austrian thing. But I knew that um, that I wouldn't die. and. God was so good to us during that time when it was really um, confounding as to why it was going on. I thought after four days I'd be home and back with my kids and my husband. Um, so to be there a day longer and a day longer with no one really giving me any information was was really was was frustrating. Not only that, but I became a specimen of interest to other medical people, lo and behold. Um, I remember being in one hospital room in the glory of my very chic hospital gown and edema in my legs, feeling just really beautiful at the time. And there was um, a, a doctor who would, had come in from a foreign country and he would just stand at the door and look at me. And he wouldn't talk, I guess he didn't know English, but um, you know, that was, that was interesting. And um, because I was eight months pregnant and uh, my daughter wasn't in the right position yet to be birthed, my doctor at the time, my obstetrician, um, thought it would be a good idea to turn the baby manually by, you know, uh, manipulation. I did not have peace about this and I didn't know what to say because I guess they wanted to promote um, me going into labor sooner than later for whatever reason. So I sat there in my hospital bed and I checked in with the Lord and I'm like, I don't have peace. I need to hear what you have to say about this, God. All he said was, 
I was here first. And I thought, okay, I can't really match that with scripture right now, but I know you said it and I will, I will take that as a promise that all will go well. So the procedure was um, attempted without success. No hurt came to my baby, though I remember it being really uncomfortable. And so I reflected on it later and I, I asked the Lord, Let, let's find the verse where you, you were coming from to say I was here first. So in Colossians 1, starting with verse 13, it says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead. And so that in everything he may have supremacy. How many firsts and beginnings are in that passage alone? So here he is. The Lord is first. My daughter was his idea conceived in the Lord Jesus before my daughter was conceived in my womb. And today, praise God, she is a healthy, vibrant 10-year-old girl. God, um, well, he does not lie. <laughs> so I just want to expound upon the supremacy and the firstness of the Lord Jesus. Because by this, we can tell if our circumstance, if things in our circumstances are of him or are of the devil. So I like the phrase return to sender. If what's coming into your life is really not sent to you by God, return it say, no, thank you. That's not for me. That's not for now. End of story. So Proverbs 8, verse starting in verse 22, is talking about, well, Jesus. And it says, the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning before there was ever an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no fountain, abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth, while as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world. That's what we were made of. And Jesus was there before then. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters would not transgress his command. Hmm. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman. What did he do when he was on earth? Something similar. And I was daily his delight. Isn't that beautiful? In Christ, we are daily the father's delight. Rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world. And my delight was with the sons of men. That's us. Isn't that amazing? His delight was with and is with the sons of men who he came, lived with, died for, and resurrected, and now lives with us through the Holy Spirit. So um, I wanted to share more of my journey 
during my time in the hospital, which I, you know, a place where we never want to spend much time at all. Um, being in the think, I think the third or fourth hospital room where I was, was the nicest of all because I was in the labor and delivery area. So I was with, um, not sick people, but mothers of new babies or, you know, mothers waiting to have babies or had just had their babies. I had a window with a tree outside and just to see the vibrant green of nature outside my room after so many days of being, um, of not seeing and not having a view was, um, was life-giving in itself. I remember thinking, um, wondering what life would be like once I got home because my lung capacity was so diminished from having had pneumonia that I would be able to walk only a matter of a few steps and then return to my bed and have to rest. So I would sit there and I would think of the things that we used to love to do as a family and that was uh, we would go to the Huntington Gardens and library and we would walk all over the place. They have a children's garden there and as young boys, our little boys would love to play there and just wander along, roll down the hills and go in the pond. Um, and it was just a place where we loved to go. So I would lay there in my hospital bed and I would think I will be able to walk through Huntington Gardens again. <laughs> because when you go, you probably walk a minimum of three miles at least. I said, I will be able to do that without distress. Um, and as time went on, I, I was able to, praise God. I got my lung capacity back to where to a certain amount where I could walk and not be huffing and puffing and need to sit down. Um, but I wanted to push the boundary a little bit further. I thought, well, walking's not enough. I had my baby. She was born healthy and quickly. She was ready for life, I tell you what. And she is very vivacious and lively now. I love her. Um, so once she was born, I had her in the, the baby buggy, the stroller, and we would walk and I would start at a mile. I said, well, I'll start and I'll run a mile. And I finished that mile and I ran my first mile after pneumonia and after having my daughter, I knelt down and I put my arms up in the air and I praised God for restoring my health. I thought, well, let's just make sure that my lungs really are where they were beforehand. I'm gonna do a five miler. So I would walk the five miles and then jog it with my baby and the baby you know, jogger. And it got to the point where I marked the path well enough um, with familiarity that I was able to eventually run the entire five mile route that I'd plotted out. And after that, I did not feel the need to do an Ironman or a 25 mile marathon at all. I was good at five and I knew that my health was restored, but that began with me being in the hospital, envisioning myself healthy with my children, being able to serve them at home and watch them grow and um, be able to go do healthy things with them. And I think that is definitely an important perspective to have as time goes by, especially now when everyone, not everyone, but there are many people very, very nervous and afraid and locked down in fear because of this virus. 
It's stealing dreams that they had for their future. And that cannot be because our times are in his hands, as the psalm says. And if there are things that the Lord has stored up for you to do, you will do them. And you need to hold fast to those and rebuke the devil when he starts lying to you that, oh, now that this has happened, you're not going to be able to do that. There are some things that have changed for sure. Um, that we need to let go, but the promises of God and the desires of your heart hold on to and contend for, contend for by all means. Um, I found that after having had pneumonia, I would get comments like, well, you know, are, how are your lungs and blah, blah, blah. You know, I have not had an issue since that day. And it's important. Um, <laughs> there's a verse in Nahum 1.9 that is really um, poignant. For this perspective because when COVID came out there were some who had known you know my story of having been in the hospital having double pneumonia and they're like well you Candace you need to be particularly careful because you know what happened and I thought you know what I'm totally restored from that I am not eight months pregnant to the point where my lung capacity is diminished um that's all been restored end of story and I have a verse for that one it says in Nahum 1 9 Whatever they plot against the Lord, he will bring to an end. Trouble will not come a second time. Let me read it in another translation, New Living Translation. Why are you scheming against the Lord? He will destroy you with one blow. He won't need to strike twice. So this sickness will not strike twice. And I draw that boundary line and I said, no more. <laughs> You've already had your go with me and pneumonia. No mas, enemy. And so... um as people of God and as people of victory, we need to draw boundary lines because the enemy does not, he's a trespasser. He does not respect our boundary, our boundary lines. So we need to hold them and keep them, mark them out and um, inspect them from time to time and make sure there's nothing coming over um, that shouldn't be. So um, that's my that's my pneumonia story. Um, that I wanted to share with you, as well as going into another um, topic having to do with healing. When I turned 40, which was just a few years ago, things were changing in my body. I will not go into detail, but just things were different. And I didn't know if they were um, of a malevolent kind or whatever. I'd never been here before. Like when you're in puberty and things are happening and you're like, well, this is different for sure. So 40 um, things were happening and I started to really go into fear. I went to so much fear that um, upon having met Julianne Hartman, not too, um, I guess recently at the time when I had turned 40, it was just before then, I was familiar with her healing journey story and I called her and you know she came straight to my house and brought nothing more than herself and a bible and completely destroyed me for all of my excuses and self-pity that I had to completely surrender them that day and never return because once they came out of my mouth they sounded so stupid up against the word of God that she pointed out was in contrast to my uh, personal beliefs which I held so dear and quickly got rid of in that very same day so what was happening um, was, you know, these things that were going on in my body, I was having the worst images of what my life would be like. Okay, my, my husband would look at me like I was crazy because I was completely healthy. The battle was in my mind. 
and I I would stay home and I would I would pray and I'd watch videos and and I would just I was not in a good <laughs> in a good way. So I took the time finally to just be quiet before the Lord and really seek him as to what I should do, what is going on, because there was um there was dissonance in my thought life. Because I realized that he wasn't really helping me with with my problem and how I felt I was sick. I'm like, wow, the Lord's really not speaking to this. Because it was a vain imagination is what I realized later. Um, that's probably why he wasn't speaking to it because he's not going to help us um, embellish the lie that is already in our head, right? He only speaks truth. So in this time that I was lying down and praying to him, I spoke in tongues and I said, well, I'll speak in tongues and then I'll translate because I really need to hear the Lord. And in the translation, all I got was, I delight to heal. I delight to heal. And I'm like, I delight to heal. I, you know, thanks for that, Lord. But, you know, can you please give me a verse? It sounds familiar to the first time, right? Well, lo and behold, here it was. Um, in the story of the leprous man in Matthew 8, verse 3, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. After the man said, if you're willing, please heal me. Jesus touched the, hand, the man and said, I am willing. He said, be clean. And immediately the man was cleansed of his leprosy. So uh, upon inspection of the word willing, here in my word wealth box um, of, my, of my Bible, the definition of the word willing is from Philo, Strong's number 2309, and it says to wish, desire, will, and take delight. Bing, bing. It carries the idea of being ready, preferring, and having in mind. Um, <laughs> and so there you have it. <laughs> the Lord delights to heal. And then you say, well, is that always the will of God? Can we know the will of God? Yeah, you know what? I had all of these arguments in my own head. And, you know, the thing is, and we kind of love the ambiguity of, yeah, the Lord said that, but can we know for sure that that's the will of God? Let's just get really intellectual intellectual and philosophical about this. I don't think we can know the will of God, right? So that's our, our understanding. Proverbs 3, 5 tells us, do not lean upon it. So... Let's see what the Lord has to say about that. Can we know the will of God? Yes, we can. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And what I love in this verse is that there's a process that he invites us into to by testing discern what the will of God is. And so we may not know the will of God right away, but through life experience and putting it before the Lord and saying, is this of you? Is this good? Is this for now? He will lead us into all truth as he promises, and we will know the will of God. Here's a shortcut. First um, Thessalonians 5 verses 16 through 18 says, rejoice always. 
Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so if you're pondering what the will of God, God is, I would highly recommend rejoicing. And what does that mean? Rejoice means to repeat the thing for which you are joyful over. And joy is a gift of the Holy Spirit. So I would, you know, in worship and in thankfulness and in gratitude for every blessing, think of at least 10 if you're in a bad way and you need to set your mind straight. And um, you will probably end up rejoicing and know what the will of God is for you. The will of God is to see you healthy and to see you thriving and to see you joyful. And it is also to see you through whatever process you are in right now to be healed and to be um, sober of mind and have the mind of Christ. So I bless you with that and I bless you with joy and I bless you with hope and faith. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes, we are healed. God bless you.